The TSW Roundtable is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Head to StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to Episode 3 of the TSW Roundtable. I am Robert Cast. I'll be the moderator this evening, and uh, we got a really good show here for you tonight. TSW Roundtable, I know it's not the usual talk Star Wars, what you're used to, but this is a more fan interaction. What we do, we get various hosts from around the network to join myself, and we talk Star Wars with listeners of the network. Really awesome stuff. So uh, we're going to get things started right away. Um, I'm my first co-host coming in all the way from British Columbia, Canada, Rob X from the Generation X-Wing podcast. You want to say hi to everybody, Rob? Mark who? Mark. I don't know who that is. Talk Star Wars, never heard of them. Never. We're better. <laughs> did, did you, you have heard of the, the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, though, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Yes. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just relishing the the fact that I don't have to host something right now. I'm co-hosting so I can do what my buddies do and just sit back and make insane comments and just poke the bear. Yes, you just like to sit back like the sniper. <laughs> yes, pretty Shoot much. It, fire at will. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, my uh, second Asim co-host is coming also from, well, West Coast from myself. He's uh, all the way from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Tim from the Nerd Room. There we guys. So you're, uh, again, uh, one of the uh, podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. So uh, we have both. Okay, you guys are both out west from me. So you're in British Columbia and you're from Alberta. So we're gonna get like, are we gonna get like a West Coast feel to tonight's program? Or are we? That's hope. Do you have snow? Do you? Do I have snow? Yeah, of course. I have. Yeah, so that's what we're getting here. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> Ontario. Of course I have snow. <laughs> yeah, we're getting blasted here too. It's frigid out. Well, yeah, Calgary's. Yeah, that's not even. I won't go there. And I was raised up in Sudbury, <laughs> Ontario. So, anyway, all right. Okay. Well, well not both the Canadian weather. We're going to introduce uh, uh, a gentleman uh, from all the way from, uh, well, all the way for us from Scotland. You want to say hi to everybody, Rob Phillips? Hi. How are you doing? Hey, welcome. And you're a knight of the, talk, the talk Star Wars podcast. I, well, I don't know if I've, I've uh, don't think I've been knighted yet, but I'm definitely a listener and I sponsor them. And, Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty involved. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, because we see you on the... On the sword's the, in the mail. The sword's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to watch those English guys with the swords, so you can't, you know. <laughs> okay. And our second knight of the Commonwealth. He is a, uh, a knight from the Generation X-Wing podcast. You want to take a say hello to James Warren. Hey, everyone. How you doing? It's just a real honor to be on the show, and uh, I'm having a great time already. I wish this sound really funny to a listener, because... The cast just started, but anyways, that's Hollywood, but um, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, our pleasure. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We Like I said, we get listeners from all around the Star Wars Commonwealth Network, and it's really cool to kind of have everybody meet in one place, and we can just sit around and shoot the breeze about common interest, I guess. So, uh, how things work around here, we take a question from uh, one of our knights, and we pass it around the table, and we try to break it down and see if we can answer it in some sort of assemblance. So, I'm going to toss the first question over to Rob Phillips. Do you have anything for the roundtable this evening? Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bone of contention with me. Um, it's from Revenge of the Sith, and it's about uh, Padme's death. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I've listened to a few theories on it, and... 
what was our cause of death and obviously a lot of people seem to be blaming Palpatine for it but I was just wondering what kind of your take was on it I can't see someone who's just kind of in the process of becoming a new mother losing the will to live it's a bit hallmark kind of yeah it's just never sat right with me so I just wondered what you guys take was on it and what actually caused our death or if there was anything scrupulous or untowards about it um, yeah but I've just I've never really accepted that Palpatine was to blame and I've never really no, accepted the yeah. fact that she just gave up. Yeah, no, really. I, yeah, exactly. Especially someone with brand newborn children. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll start things off with, uh, Tim from the nerd room. You want to jump on this one first and we'll, before we pass it around. Yeah, sure. For sure. Um, I, I've always looked at her death, I think in the same light as you is I've always felt it strange that she kind of just gave up when she has these two newborn twins on her stomach, basically. And I've always kind of liked the theory, though, that uh, Palpatine had something to do with it, because that's really what pushed Vader over the edge, I think, and really made him, or Palpatine, own Vader to a degree. He blamed that death on on Vader, or on Anakin himself. And I kind of always liked that he had that little bit of manipulation over top of Vader when it comes to Palpatine's, or Padme's death, sorry. Yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying there. Yeah, it's one of those, again, what Rob Phillips was saying is any anybody that has children or any, obviously knows that, well, if you have kids in the world, regardless of what's going on, like you, you instantly have will to live or a reason to live. And it, it doesn't sit well. And I think what you're saying is with with the emperor's involvement it kind of make just makes it a little bit easier to swallow is that what you're saying tim yeah more or less is that i just and i never fully bought into i don't know if it's the chemistry on screen uh with hayden christensen and um natalie portman i never fully bought that they were so in love with each other that her giving up or her losing her will to live was completely related to anakin i didn't always get that 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 love was there that undying love and that's why i always think that the palpatine had something to do with that in the background because like i said that's really what pushed him over the edge no yeah absolutely yeah it always seemed one-sided with anakin head over heels with uh padme and then it wasn't reciprocated it didn't seem like it to me or anyway it might have been the dialogue who knows um uh rob x what do you think yeah uh we get into a territory where as uh hardcore star wars fans we try to explain everything and try to find reason to it and it's something that i I get into myself, but at the same time, I also loathe, but I can't, it's, it's a weird enjoyment I get out of it. I, I always, I never really realized that uh, Palpatine had anything to do with the death. I just, I, what I told myself pretty much was it was the stress of the, of the moment. Uh, first of all, giving birth to twins is uh, stressful on, on anybody. I don't care who you are, but uh, you have the physical stress of childbirth, but then you also have the mental stress and the force quote-unquote stress we had uh, anakin i believe she choked her he choked her before she got away yep. and then you have and then you have like this aura of evil sadness and fear that stems from anakin and so th- i just i just felt it just seeped into her and just she was like a sponge at, and in her pregnant state that she just lose the will to live, which, again, I'm not a fan of. If they had just said sh- of complications of childbirth, I would have accepted it. Yeah. But uh, it's okay to humanize it a little bit. But now yeah. we're making it into more of a fairy tale. And this is what I've told myself over the years in quick segments. Basically, she died because of stress to the body and because of the sadness that was stemmed from Anakin. And that's all I could get out of it. Yeah. It's um, 
That's like, about it. Like a severe postpartum depression due to dark side influence. You know what I mean? Like it's one. It's one of you know. Yeah, I, I want to. Yeah, I didn't want to dance around. No, of course I'm not. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not making around the postpartum word, yeah. but uh, it's not not that I'm afraid to get into that discussion because it, it has an impact on so many women, and uh, and there has to be a lot of respect towards it. But it's just like when you talk about the movie world, it's in such a state like George Lucas's world, who has difficulty writing for women that stemmed out of it. So yeah, no, I I completely understand. That's a, that's just it. You're, you're, he's looking at a real and a serious issue when it comes to childbirth and when it comes to to women and and it's he's trying to write a he's basically he's trying to say it without saying it you know and trying to be you know uh, respectful of the whole subject i'm gonna throw just one other thing out here um what about her passing on her life force to the twins so the burden of giving birth to two powerful or potentially powerful force wielders required her to give up her life for them two to survive okay well uh we'll, we'll pass it on james what do you do you got any thoughts on that I think this, uh, I got to commend Rob Phillips there from we old Scotland. This is a fantastic question. Uh, oh, we're doing accents. Awesome surprise. <laughs> now, this <laughs> closely parallels for me a lot of my friends and people are really upset that Han Solo died in The Force Awakens. And the way I want to answer the reason for him dying and that character getting killed is the same reason for Padme to have lost her life uh, when the twins were born. Because, you know, uh, Darth Vader, he's got some compassion in when he's Anakin Skywalker, even even getting closer and closer towards before that happened. And uh, her, her uh, perishing and dying, that kind of really pushed that last bit of good out of him and ripped a lot of the soul out of him. And fully legitimized him as as a um, really bad, made him finally Darth Vader. And in The Force Awakens, you get this character, this Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, and, you know, he's he was pretty impressive, much more impressive than I thought this actor from the TV show Girls would have been. And, you know, up until the point, he, you know, he, um, he had one, executed one character at the beginning of the film, uh, made him somewhat fearful, somewhat evil. But up until the point to where he uh, killed his father on that little bridge, that really sold him. That legitimized him as a viable villain. And if you didn't have that viable villain, you it just wouldn't have made the movie. So for me, for in a movie, it's very important. Uh, the villain is just like in professional wrestling is more important than the hero because for a villain to have legitimacy, you either have to have one of two things. You have to really fear that character, fear them yourself sitting in your seat, or you have to really have a reason to hate them, to loathe them. And with uh, Pop May dying from being choked or the stress and Han being, uh, being killed uh, it just propels the story. Uh, it, it's like J.J. Abrams said, and I, uh, I could be wrong, but um, the other gentleman that produced the movie with him, they had a discussion before they even started the film, that movie, and producing it saying, what delights us? Not necessarily good things, positive things. They can be, be bad things, uh, tragic things, but what delights us as a viewer and you know you just for a great story a great movie or a great 
book, you want to be pulled into it and feel it. And so to me, uh, that uh, was a very important part that she had to pass away when those twins were born to, um, for the story to really make sense. How's that for a long answer? There we go. That's per- <laughs> hey, it's a podcast. That's perfect. So Rob Phillips, in your, uh, when you watch the prequels, and, and of course, this, we're all, this is a very safe place for people that love the prequels and the entire saga. So in, in your head canon, what do you tell yourself when you watch that final scene? Are you just like, oh, I got to turn it off. I can't, or, or is it? No, not at all. I, uh, I really like Revenge of the Sith. It was just, I never thought about it. I was like Rob X. I try not to look too deeply into it. At the end of the day, they've only got two hours to tell a movie and get to the point and move the characters on. Right. So, and it, but it's just the bane of Star Wars fandom. I was browsing the internet and, uh, came across this theory that um, Palpatine siphoned the force. He did learn how to control life and death and all this. And how did Palpatine know that Padme had died when, you know, Vader was being created? Right. Um, And all this kind of thing. And you know how it goes. People go way, way deep into it. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I watch it and I try and switch off. But occasionally something does niggle at you. And, I mean, even in the cinema, I remember sitting there going, What? (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just it just seemed a bit lazy. Like I think it was Rob X said. I mean, if they just turned around and said, due to complications, she's passed, or right, you know, um, yeah. I just it was just a bit too romantic for Star Wars. If you know what I mean, it was just yeah. I, it doesn't ruin the movie or anything for me. I still really like Revenge of the Sith. I think it's one of the better ones out of the prequels, and uh, yeah, it's just. No, I just wondered if anyone else had thought too much on it like I have. Or I, I think we all have. I think what I enjoy about Anakin's turn myself personally is is when you see the self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if he basically, he, he we saw in Attack of the Clones that he was having nightmares about his mother. And then, oh my God, my mother died. So he was kind of forewarned that maybe he is susceptible to premonitions. And then he's having nightmares that Padme's dying. Now, whether that was seeded by Palpatine or not, or like he, everything he did led up to her death and what ultimately killed her in, in the movie was his turn and he turned yeah. to save her. Well, my, what, uh, the rest of you guys, yeah, we'll toss it up to, to Tim. Do you think that's, is that something you, in the prequels that you'd enjoyed, like how it kind of, you, you can't have one without the other type thing. As far as their love story goes? Yeah, like as far as Anakin's turn goes, he turned trying to save Padme, but she died because he turned. Yeah, I always yeah. kind of liked how that enveloped itself within the film. Um, I don't like the eventuality of her dying, kind of how we all kind of get this feeling that that does seem a bit contrived. It seems like a convenience of writing to make sure that she's not alive during the original trilogy or or foregoing, but this whole idea of Anakin actually being the one that to save her, he eventually does kill her. I think that is pretty cool within yeah. within the storytelling um, yeah. of of their relationship. Now, uh, Rob X, do you think so? When you were mentioning uh, uh, Palpatine's involvement, do you think that he was he planted that seed or started that ball rolling? I, I I don't think that the Emperor really thought much of Padme at all. To be honest with you, she he's she's mortal. He's yeah, not. Yeah. And so 
to him, he's just a tool, she's a tool rather than a threat and a tool to get Anakin on her side. Kill her, get her out of the way. Yeah, yeah and he lied to her. He lied to her. She said, "You killed, you killed Padme." She, he did not know about Padme. In fact, I'm, I'm wondering if he, if he knew about the kid. I don't even think he realized the kid was a threat. But at the same time, I haven't been following the comics, and I know there has been talk about Vader and Emperor lying to each other about Luke actual Luke's actual existence. So I'm not sure about how the story goes with the Emperor's curiosity about the children. But um, if it's not if you're not a Sith, if you're not a Force user, you're not a threat, and that's right. and that's the end of the Emperor's thought train towards that. Right. Okay, well, we'll bounce up, uh, Tim. You're you. I by listening to to the Nerd Room, you're really into the the comic. Yeah, so they do explore a lot of this relationship between Vader and Palpatine um, in the early part of the Star Wars series, as well as the Vader series, which is so unfortunate they canceled that. Yes. Um, But they go into, it's a lot more focused on the Emperor testing Vader, because he's he's pretty upset that the Death Star blew up. And he's trying to find a replacement for Vader, in a sense, and test Vader to see if he is this ultimate apprentice to Emperor Palpatine. And it's it's pretty cool how they go through this. There's other kind of cybernetic Siths or kind of pseudo-Siths that he does put up against Vader there. But they explore that relationship that Vader's doing a lot in the background too. He's trying to push, uh, more or less, the Emperor out, I would think. Yeah. Um, and create kind of his own empire around himself as a leader. So it comes down to this relationship that you see strung right through the universe is that with uh, the the rule of two with two cis, there's one always trying to push the other one out. They're they're always seeking another apprentice. Yep, one to and have the power really, and one to crave the power. Exactly, yeah. and that's really explored a lot in the comic books. And uh, I, I think that building on that relationship between the two of them, that they're never kind of buddy buddy as you maybe like to see them in the in the original trilogy. That Vader is bowing down towards the Emperor. I always see it as more the Vader's always looking to replace the Emperor in some fashion or another. And it's the eventuality of uh, Return of the Jedi that we do get there, but he does have that kind of redemptive story. Um, But that's kind of how the relationship goes in the comics. It's quite contentious, I would say. Oh yeah, I'm I'm right caught up with all with I've read everything Marvel's put out since they start since they've taken over. And it's uh, I agree with you. It's almost like they're always more to the to the original point about Palpatine lying to to Anakin or Vader when he turns about Padme dying and then lying about the kids and then lying and Vader doing the same in the comics they're always kind of scheming against it's like no honor among thieves type thing like they're you know what I mean like it's not like the master Padawan relationship it's like they're always yeah. scheming against each other they're like super yes you're my apprentice you're my master yes master and he's still sneaking around trying to you know just it's, it's, never, it's, it's never quite like you see with Kanan and Ezra or no. with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, it, it's never like that. That's the way I had originally envisioned it a long, long time ago. Um, but it's not at all like that. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because usually cis deal in absolutes. That's strange to me. I don't... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was being stupid. <laughs> okay, so uh, we pass this around the, around the round table. Um, Rob Phillips... Any answer to your question, or is there anything, uh, maybe a different insight to it? What do you think? Um, no, it's it's just one of these things. I think Star Wars is Star Wars, and it we're always going to. The good thing about it is everyone's going to perceive it differently, right? Um, and it's just setting your mind to not be 
dealing in absolutes, I suppose, like having one solid theory on something. Right. So, no, I'm quite open to any kind of anybody's view on it. But like I said, it's not something that was keeping me up at night or anything like that. But, no, it's just nice to hear what everyone else kind of thinks about it or, you know. Well, I know there's, for most of us, I don't know the age of everybody else on the show tonight, but I know for me there was always that gut-wrenching question about, like, why would somebody design a Death Star with such a wide-open flaw? And then I end up with a whole movie explaining exactly why this happened 40 years later. (laughs) (laughs) So you never know. Maybe we'll see Padme prequel in 40 years, standalone movie on her, just her pregnancy. It's like, what to expect when you're expecting, but (laughs) it's a Star Wars story. Starring Meg Ryan. Oh, Nicole God. Kidman. Yes, exactly. There you go. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I wish I wish we came up with something a little bit more definitive, but you know that's that's what Star Wars is. It's nothing but thought provoking and and chat provoking, if anything. So uh, what I'm going to do now, um, I'm going to take a quick break. We have uh, going to hear from a sponsor here, and then we'll be right back with uh, James's question. So we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Okay, so. James, uh, do you have a table or table? Do you, of course you have a table. Do you have a question for the uh, TSW roundtable this evening? <laughs> I do. I have a really good question, or at least I, I think it sounds good. And uh, how I came up with this question, just to lead into this and not ramble on too much, I like to ramble. Go right ahead. Uh, few days, over the last few days, there's been some uh, stuff I've seen on Facebook from different sources about J.J. Abrams um, ranting uh, or uh, just... Um, saying how great Mark Hamill's performance is in <laughs> Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, and some talk about it would not be unforeseeable for him to get an Academy Award nomination for his performance. And uh, I've heard a lot of that talk, so this made me think of this question. Now, and this makes me think this is much more possible than before. Okay. What story developments could unfold with the possibility of Luke Skywalker already being or becoming closer to the dark side in this film? Whoa. Okay, so what can happen, just to know exactly what we're talking about, what could happen in this movie or happen prior to the movie that would make Luke closer to the dark side and, and possibly his turn by the end of the trilogy? By the, it within this film or by the end of the film. Okay, well, we'll, we'll throw that off to uh, Rob Phillips. What do you think? Or can we expect a turn from Luke Skywalker? Um, yeah, is the short answer. Um, I asked a couple of weeks ago on Talk Star Wars' main thing. I went off on one about uh, all the grey that's kind of in Star Wars just now. Right. Um, you know, and you... <laughs> Basically, every battle that a Jedi's ever won on screen seems to be, you know, they've turned to the, not turned to the dark side, but they've channeled their emotions, you know, like Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, you see the build-up just after he kills Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan's furious, you know, yes. you can see it, he's, you know. Uh, Luke, when he kills, well, when he defeats Vader, he, uh, you know, he screams never, and, you know, so I've always been a firm believer in the tread this line anyway. Um but yeah, I can totally see Luke maybe not being a hard kind of dark side, um, but I can definitely see him giving in to his emotions and you know maybe having a little turmoil for a while. I mean, there's no way I think they'll ever fully turn him Sith or anything like that, but I can right. definitely see him 
But what would cause it, I don't know, because he's kind of already lost everything. He's lost all his students. Um, he's lost his best friend now. Whether right. or not he knows about it is another thing. Um, so I think it would have to maybe involve oh, somebody like Leia or you know Chewbacca. It'd have to be something along those lines. Or maybe just even, you know, we don't know the whole story yet, so it could even be something Snoke knows. Or... Right. But yeah, I can definitely see it happening. Um, but I can't think of a reason why. Um, yeah, okay. I'm, well, well, maybe we'll uh, we'll ask uh, Rob X. What do you, what are your what are your thoughts? Do you think if he does turn, what what do you think would be the catalyst for him turning? Um, I was just writing some notes here as as you guys were talking. Uh, I, I mentioned this on one of our last shows on the, on Generation X Wing, uh, slight push. I I don't think Luke's <laughs> touch gonna go to the dark side. I mean, we we saw a touch of that in Jedi when we see him dressed in black and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't really. Sithy, but it was still a little little, little flavor of it. Right. But I, I, I just think that um, with with now the Jedi almost being wiped out, he's kind of forced himself to rebuild the traditional Jedi religion, just the j- traditional Jedi beliefs, and maybe even the Council and the, and the Order and all that sort of stuff. But he's struggling because the tra- the traditional way doesn't work anymore. It's what brought the whole thing down and so i'm thinking he's struggling with these struggles of trying to do traditional he's finding there are other things such as love compassion like true love not like we supposed to love one another as everybody right. says in the jedi order but yet actually not do it but we're talking like he may have fallen in love he may have he have lost his his love he may have lost somebody dear to him and he's struggling with these actual emotions but not being allowed to feel them. And maybe he's talking to Obi-Wan or Yoda or whoever else is from the far beyond. And now he's struggling to rebuild a new Jedi order, a new way of believing and allowing parents to be with their family, allowing love, allowing marriage, allowing a little bit of dark, right. but to embrace, but just like the Ben do, you have to have both sides to be a complete person. It's not dealing with in absolutes, but that's all they do is deal with absolutes. And right. so now I think that's his struggle. And I think maybe with uh, with this rebuilding of a new Jedi Order, we could get something even more powerful or even more traditional than the traditional Jedi. What was it like before the Jedi Council? And maybe we'll have a lead into something like that. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, so do you th- so do you think maybe no, he wouldn't? You can't see him going dark side by the end of the movie or just dark side or just go gray as you no, know well, i know a lot of people don't like that way but i know exactly what you're getting at there is you know i know i know i know exactly what you mean by gray i don't like the term gray but i'm not gonna hate anybody for it no. but i know what you're saying <laughs> he's becoming more human he's a it's like a god allowing to have himself feelings in a way it's like superman allowing to get he's he's get close he's to becoming Lane. more clark kent and allowing himself to connect yeah right. well yeah connect with with the real life and help other people because you're in tune with other people right yeah yeah no uh, that um that makes sense at all well okay well what about uh we're gonna throw things off the tim what do you do you think okay the, the original question would you think luke will turn by the end of this movie and if so do you think he'll like what would be the catalyst of that and also like like rob x was saying maybe maybe just retooling of of the jedi what do you think 
Yeah, I, I'm going to echo a few of the thoughts that, that Rob X there had, because ever since the last Jedi title was dropped, we've been kind of tossed around some of these ideas on the podcast about Luke actually losing faith in the old Jedi way. He's seen, or he hasn't seen, but he's seen one version of his new Jedi Order collapse, the old Jedi Order collapse. And we've always kind of thought that it was more coming into The Last Jedi. It's going to be an evolution of basically what Rob was saying, of of the Jedi way into something different. And I think that different is going to be Ray and pushing Luke to the dark side or to lose faith, I think is very possible in the last Jedi, this journey that he's taken over the last, however many years that he's been gone in the episode seven, episode eight timeline. Maybe he's learned a lot exploring these Jedi temples that what was the old Jedi order just doesn't work anymore. And he's trying to evolve into something new. And that something new results in him being kind of the last Jedi of that order. And looking at it from a, a Sith Jedi perspective, I, I really can't see Luke going and turning to the dark side. I can see him losing that faith in the old Jedi way, but not a full kind of Sith dark side turn. Right. Even when you look at like the the black and white, the the dark and the light, if you're looking at... Like, say, when they say Vader's redemption, right? The basically, Vader was in, had a spur of the moment. I'm going to take a guy who's been, literally been bullying him for the last 25 years, you mean, and making him call him master and pulling him around by his chain and everything else. And then just, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to, and all of a sudden, he, he somehow deep down has a, a DNA connection with this kid, you mean, frying on the floor. And out of just a, fit of anger he throws him over the railing and down down he goes and oh i'm redeemed well eh, i don't know about that like <laughs> you know what i mean like basically you're like oh this guy's such a prick and oh he's just an ow oh, oh man he's been just a, making me kiss his ring for the last 25 years and he just finally snaps and it, it was it wasn't light at all it was look what no. i did i'm a jedi again no you were you're more Sith than ever. You're that's just yeah. crazy. Exactly. If, and if you've read any of the books, like Lords of the Sith or yes. Vader Downey, he is relentless in these books. Like, yes. Very much like he is at the end of Rogue One. He's just yeah, just, just mowing down people. Yeah, exactly. So I can't see. Uh, I don't know. It just like like you. Um, I think it was Rob uh, Phillips who said that everywhere every Jedi goes dark to get to the end. You mean so they and also Rob X, you were saying, you I mean maybe finding a middle ground, finding the you know, like Jedi doesn't have to be so dogmatic, they can actually just be the message. You I mean, yeah, you can be peaceful, you can have uh, love, but you can love everybody. You can, you can, you, you really listen to the message of the Jedi instead of getting wrapped up in the council. And we can't do this, and you can't do that, you got to act this way because yeah. uh, I think that's. Sorry. No, no, that, that's okay. I was just going to get back to James and say, like, what do you think about that, Jay? Do you think, because of what we've been talking about, about basically every Jedi problem has been solved with anger? <laughs> or every moment at the climax of every movie has been solved with this massive rage. Like, is that what you think? Maybe they'll just hang on to that when you're talking about Luke turning dark? Or, Well, here's here's the thing, right? You know how... Like, none of us are 20 years old anymore. Tim looks pretty young, though. Maybe he's his good face cream or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, here's one of the things that I could be, like, a bit of a theme of this Last Jedi movie. And I would love to be the director and the writer of it. But uh, but obviously that job's been taken. Um, <laughs> so 
as we're growing up, we get used to being told, hey, uh, have a plan, go to school, do this, do that. Uh, you're in control of your destiny uh, by, by um, working hard and getting certain schooling and doing certain things. You're always going to succeed success. Well, as we get older, we have some successes, but some of the, one of the, some of the things that happen is there are things that are beyond our control, or we, you know, we might be partly guilty of that uh, go bad. And uh, as a result of that, we, you know, we all um, we're we're probably really good people, but we have little scars on us and little little like scar tissue and yep. you know little faults that happen. And I think in this movie, one of the cool things I'm really hoping for is. And that's why I think J.J. Abrams says, you know, Luke is going to basically get an award or steal a show. Is I think you're going to see this Luke Skywalker who's going to be almost like Yoda was in The Empire Strikes Back, where you know you see Yoda, in, you see Yoda in the prequels, and he's all polished and he's, you know, he's all um, conservative and he's pretty concise. But then you see him in The Empire Strikes yep. Back, and he's very wise in everything, but he's also extremely eccentric. And yep. really odd, and I'm totally hoping. I'm really hoping they said to Mark Hamill, "Hey, Mark Hamill, uh, coolest farm boy of all time, and Luke Skywalker. This is the certain lines you're going to have in this scene. This is the purpose of this scene. You, you know, with your creativity and your talents, why don't you make sure you say these certain lines? But go and ad lib a lot of it. Just act away because I really think." You're going to see this guy that's really uh, not all there. Still, you're going to see a lot of Luke in him. But right. you're going to see uh, someone who's a more grizzled, someone who's got a lot of hurt, uh, someone that might not be totally grounded in reality. And I think he's just going to intri- he's just going to intrigue the viewer. And this whole film, you're going to be watching him, thinking like it's like uh, a what J.J. Abrams said on the first movie, their big question was, who is Luke Skywalker? Right. And they said, they made a point that one of the reasons why he did not show up till the very end and didn't even speak was every way they used him in the versions they did of the film, no matter if they brought him in the last quarter of the movie, middle of the movie, just beginning of the movie, a little bit at the end, he would take over and steal the show. Right. Well, there was no, there was, it would push out a lot of the other um, significance of the other characters. Also, that might've been because uh, Harrison Ford may have said, Hey, Disney, um, I will do one film and one film only. And then uh, not to knock Disney, but Disney has this big conglomerate may say, Hey, if we have Harrison Ford for one film and we're going to pay him, we're going to have him carry the whole thing on his back. Right. And I really kind of think that's what happened. And that's why this whole, who is Luke Skywalker thing? I think that's why it kind of got moved to the next movie. Well, I, so I, I, I know what you're answer, saying. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I, I know what you're saying about the uh, uh, Yoda in Empire because uh, Lucas, there was a big push to get Frank Oz an Oscar nomination for mm-hmm. his Yoda performance, and then they came back and said, "Well, no, we don't give out Oscars to Muppets." Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe what you're what you're getting at with Yoda's performance from Empire, if Luke kind of mirrors that and delivers it, maybe 
maybe there will be Oscar consideration because you'll have a similar performance, but actually, but not done by a Muppet. You know, does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And yeah, yeah, a little bit of that's kind of that is a, a lot of what I was getting at is um, I think he's just I'm just really hoping uh, that I, that's kind of what we're going to see. Who knows what we're going to get? Right. This yep. is a different director. Um, and I think he has a lot to do with the writing of it also. Yep. Yeah. Um, which like a series of books can be really cool. Sometimes like a nice treat when you have a story arc in, in the star Wars books and they switch authors all of a sudden. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a, it's a good thing, but I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that, uh, they, uh, take the Luke Skywalker and they, they turn that stereo up to 20. Nice. And, Did yeah. you guys, uh, hear that, uh, maybe I've got this wrong, but you can hear there were reshoots happening uh, already today. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I heard something. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm I'm very curious to see how. I mean, how it's, it's probably revolving around Princess Leia, but yeah. um, I'm curious to see where that leads because um, I like your theory about uh, how uh, Harrison Ford is a one movie guy, and we got to use him as the messenger of this storyline, and then put off Luke's story till the second one. I mean, that is a bit is a bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, tinfoil hat in a way of me to say but uh, i i kind of i i would agree with it i mean that's yeah. kind of how hollywood works sometimes absolutely yeah okay so well, let, well let's just go around i'm gonna whip around the horn real fast um will luke be on the dark side be the end of episode eight i'll start with rob phillips yes or no no um tim no rob x no but he's a little dusty He's a little. He's he yeah. gonna loophole this like tumbling saber. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally, basically. Cheers. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. So we're just we're just poking fun. Um, okay, if I have to say, I'm I would be definitely in Rob X's camp. But if I have to say yay or nay, I would say no. So uh, James, is there? What do you think? I know it was your question, I, but your your own opinion. You think he's he's done? I think this look. For this trilogy to have gravity and to really work, you have to be walking out of that theater with a big question mark on your head about, I'm hoping, seven or eight different things and yep. thirsty for the next movie. And, you know, uh, the color thing, we're talking about Luke and Return of the Jedi, I think that the color that they picked for Luke's costume at the end of The Force Awakens, I don't think that was an accident. I think that that's intentionally kind of a gray tone. Yeah. It's not brown like Obi-Wan so much. It's more of a gray, and it's a, a big question mark. I think by the end of this movie, you're going to be looking at it and saying, whoa, what is what is actually going on here? And yeah. it didn't, you know, like in that one Harry Potter film where, uh, what was it, Snape uh, appeared to execute Dumbledore. Yeah. But... It, it was not, in reality, it was a little bit different than what you actually saw. And like that snake guy, it turned out that he was actually uh, looking out for Harry all along. And I think a great book and a great movie never answers all of the questions and makes you want to turn the page and read that next chapter or burn through that chapter so you can get back to that character at the chapter after that. Well, like, believe me, James, we, we have an entire network devoted to every single corner of the Star Wars universe and every <laughs> everything has been picked over um, even if you go back and listen to 
to all of the shows, everything has been touched on. Like uh, the last, I was going to bring it up today, but of course, the last Jedi. I think we've talked that to death over the network. <laughs> we've all expressed our opinions, and so believe me, it's. I am quite sure after eight, everybody's going to have uh, um, questions about nine, and it'll be fodder for tons of discussion. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, well. Okay. So did. Uh, Maybe we didn't answer the question, but maybe was uh, was the roundtable discussion uh, answer a little bit for you then, James? Oh, it was awesome. You guys you guys knocked it all out of the park. Oh, the whole line hit a home run. <laughs> and uh, I just listening to you guys is like walking in the candy store and the, the owner handing you one everything. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, well, we still got a little bit of time here. Um, I just wanted to bring up something uh, I had. I come across... Uh, every time uh, if you see a lot of, I'm not that I'm getting on this whole bullying thing, but every time you see like a Star Wars movie come out, there's always that one guy that that goes on Facebook and the the, the day opening day goes, oh, what Star Wars out? Oh, I don't care. You mean like it's like they have to make a point of? I I, I just went through the thing this during the Super Bowl. You know, there's always that one guy that pops on Facebook. Oh, is the Super Bowl playing tonight? Uh, I don't care. Well. Obviously, the person cares because they went on Facebook and made, you know what I mean, like had to punch this into their phone. Now, obviously, there are people that don't, that really don't care or just are, don't know. It's like, oh, there's a new Star Wars movie today or there's something going on today or something. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what do you, um, I just, what, what, what do you guys, I just, I'm just going to throw it around. What do you guys think of the people on online? Like, Obviously, they care enough to pick up their phone and write they don't care. So, is it just being a hipster counterculture, or what? Do you, uh, Tim, what do you think? You think it's just just bullying, or what's what's that all about? Is there? Yeah, I think that people just see stuff on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and they want to be a part of the conversation, whether it's positively or negatively. That's more or less up to them. But right. I think the the exact acknowledgement of it is telling you something right there. That exactly. If they actually didn't care, they wouldn't comment on it. They wouldn't be on Facebook scrolling around. And I think that's pretty much all there is to it. It's just that they want to be heard in some form or another, and they're attaching whether it's Star Wars or something else, Super Bowl, to yeah. whatever they're talking about. So they're involved in some sort of conversation with that just it and that's uh like uh i mentioned this on on my weekly show and i said it was right after the super bowl and it was it, I, I mentioned the same thing well star wars yeah i you know hey i like football and i love star wars and but you know the oscars are on tonight and i don't think i'm gonna watch but i'm not going on facebook saying i'm not gonna watch like what <laughs> like uh rob phillips out there in scotland yeah. you guys do you guys handle bullies differently obviously than us polite canadians or <laughs> <laughs> no, we usually just export them. It's, export um, them <laughs> to North America. No, it's um, there's kind of a saying that the opposite of love's indifference. Yeah. So it's um, you know people that truly don't care just don't care. You know we'll all get excited about it and post Facebook statuses and tweet and you know just genuinely wet ourselves over it. Right. But then the people who don't care, who genuinely don't care, have got nothing to say about it. You know. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I recently took my mum to go watch Rogue One just so I had an excuse to go watch it for like the fourth time. And uh, she hasn't seen Star Wars since, oh, the 80s, I think. Um, I think as a child, I put her off it, you know, constantly having them on. Right. And she had no idea what was going on, but still enjoyed the film. You know, she didn't know who any of the characters were. Um, 
she was expecting Luke and Han and all this kind of. Oh, of course. But yeah. um, no, she still enjoyed it, you know. And I don't get it. Um, you know, it's the old yeah. saying: if you've got nothing nice to say, then don't say anything. Um, yeah. There's plenty of things out there I don't like, but you know, I'm not a massive fan of soccer, as you guys would call it. Yeah. It's uh, but then I see all my friends; they've got statuses about football and soccer, even. And uh, yeah, I don't comment on it because I don't know enough to pass judgment. Okay. You know, but yeah, no, you're no, always uh, you're always going to get haters. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Rob X, I know um, we're going to get on. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about this later, but uh, you're uh, with the five hundred first, and you're and you're. I'm quest, trying to be. <laughs> yes, and your and, and your quest and your bills. I'll let you explain all that in a second here. But um, what do you, when you get a lot of people when you see that online I'm, I'm not like i said i'm not making a show about bullying or anything else it just when people make a conscious effort to say they don't care obviously means there's something underlining there like it, like you mean <laughs> like what, what do you what do you think of that well okay let me just put my pink shirt on right now because yes. of anti-bullying exactly. and uh <laughs> it's a if you don't know what pink shirt day is it's an anti-bullying thing where it's, ironically people get bullied because they don't wear a pink shirt but um <laughs> I, I teach in a middle school, and uh, the behavior I see online is the behavior I see in class or in the school. It's the same people. Like I guarantee you, when we I, we we took our whole school, we offered it to our whole school to see episode seven, and we went there and we talked about it and we saw the movie and we said, "Don't tell anybody about the end." And I guarantee you, three kids are running down the hallway screaming, "Han Solo is dead!" Just yeah. screaming it. It's a desire. It's an insecurity. It's a desire to be for attention. It's a desire to connect. It's a desire to be the one who knows. It's be you know be the first kid on your block to own the next new blank. Right. And it's that's what it is. And for people to go online to look for uh, to to state that they don't care about something, they're looking for somebody to connect with who also does not care. And they're going to find it because it's just like oh you watch I hate Walking Dead too. Oh my God, yeah, what, I hate so much when this happens. And now they found somebody. They're not so insecure anymore. It's it's a maturity level thing. It's a insecurity level thing. And uh, we all fall into it. I mean, I've I've done it myself. I've probably yeah. done it on my show a number of times. I I hate Seinfeld, but yet I <laughs> okay. quote it all. Oh, me too. Flipping it's awesome. time. <laughs> I quote it all the flipping time. <laughs> of course you do. Because in my it's in my milieu. It's it's and because Anil won't let me forget it. So it's just it's one of those things. But you know, it's just. I, I need someone else who know, who hates it as well, and I am I'm immature in that way. So no, oh yeah, I I can I completely understand. I completely hear Star Wars jerk. Yeah, <laughs> I um uh, James, what do you what do you th- like? I'm like I said, it's not about the it's not about the bullying, but the I don't like what you like. <clears throat> yeah, let me let me take this into a different um, different direction then. So. The thing with doing things online like that and being the answer to the coin and saying, oh, that sucks or, or who cares, right? Here's the thing. With so, with social media, it's a great thing, but just like any other thing, it's a power that can be abused. Yeah. And when people people can say something that millions or thousands of people, not that a million people would care about me, not that I'm not cuddly or anything, but yes, when they would. have the ability to have a godlike power by just saying something or doing something with zero repercussion other than a few negative remarks or responses to themselves. It's thrilling for those people. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it fulfills, uh, other empty spots or, uh, disappointments in their life by having this superpower to, 
make an effect for whether they're folding their laundry or whatever they're doing. It's, it's power. People just, it's like winning the lottery and not getting fat. If you win the lottery, chances are you're probably going to get a little fat because (laughs) now you can eat whatever you want because money's no object. It's, you know, it's uh, social media. It's a double edged sword. And I try and keep positive with all of my stuff and uh, be, I try and be careful because, you know what, it's like seeing these people nowadays where you don't know behind somebody's eyes whether maybe they're suffering from mental illness or they have issues or problems. Some people are good at vocalizing it. Some are good at hiding it. But if you try and keep everything positive, uh, karma's, you know, it's like the forest, right? Yep. <laughs> you keep a po- live a positive life, uh, say nice things. And you know what? That's the best power of all. Yep. Awesome. Well, that that's a perfect. Like I said, I didn't want to make a make a downturn on, but just you know, again, it's it's like you're saying, Rob X, with the the middle school mentality. It's almost like online people act like middle schoolers, and there is no filter. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you have this anonymity, and it's like just like oh, I'm just gonna act like an ass. But like I said, I wasn't. It was, it was just something that came across, and it just I noticed it when whenever there's a new Star Wars movie or something that's coming out. It, but you get it. Um, we still get it within our own community oh, anyway. Of course. You know, I mean, you, no one the hates Star Wars. Just is unbelievable. There's oh. more than know? Star Wars fan. It's um, yeah. Some of the arguments I've seen over the prequels is just baffling oh, yeah. from yeah. people that call themselves fans. You know, I mean, truth be told, I'm not a massive fan of Phantom Menace, but I watch a special version where Jar Jar Binks has been edited out to the bits where you need him. Yep, and it's actually not a bad film, you know. But I don't feel the need to go online and call someone out just because they happen to like it, you know. Well, yeah. um, a lot of people like the pod racing scene, whereas I think it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah filler, you know. But it's you know steroids. each to their own, man. It's exactly. I mean, I, I'm actually embarrassed to show people the prequels at times. It's like yeah. you've got to get through these. Trust me. Once you get to four, five, and six, we're laughing. But it's. <laughs> you know, I like Revenge of the Sith, you know. Um, when I first seen Attack of the Clones, I loved Jango Fett because I'm such a Mandalorian fan, you know. Yep. Um, so there's things in each film you can take away and enjoy, and there's always things we're going to disagree on within the community. But you know, there's a don't give in to the hate. You know, it's well, yeah. Well, like a, when 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 this show finally airs and someone says, "I don't even care about TSW Roundtable." <laughs> it better That's be like not me, man. I don't even I don't even watch Star Wars. I, I'm just bored. I just bored. <laughs> just bored. I was a mark a favor. I was like, yeah, I'll yeah. talk about Star Wars, man. Just to add on to something about this, um, I we we always ask for five star reviews and everything like that. And we one time got a four star review, and uh, it it killed me. It killed me getting a four star review. But then I went back to look at the other reviews this guy gave. He never gave a five-star yeah. review. And it's it's funny because the fact we got a four-star was actually quite a compliment because it was one stars all the way. And it was just like some people just um, are sometimes too quiet when they want to compliment and vocal when, when they want to complain. And uh, nobody ever tells you when you're doing good. It's like the old lesson we were we were taught as teachers. You know, you go, you, you go over some math questions. You get them all right, get them all right, get one wrong, and everybody focuses on the one wrong. But what about all the others that are right? Yeah. And so it's kind of that yeah. negative stereotype we oh, have as a you, culture. You, you knew my father. I had a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had a boss like that. He, um, it didn't matter how well you did your job. 
he would never grade you. You know, we had year we appraisals. He would never grade you above good. Yeah. It was like, um, yeah, you would never get outstanding. He's like, how can you be outstanding at showing up on time? It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, you know, but it's, he it was just very cut and paste. You know, he's just one of these guys. It was like, no, you're good at your job. It's like, yeah. okay, but you know. Well, I think yeah. I think uh, Tim can relate to this. I I review comics on the the, the Talk Star Wars site. Well, the, for the talk for the Star Wars comics, and I've never given a ten. It's it, it's very difficult sometimes. Well, yeah, well, because yeah, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at a comic and I say, oh, what's a ten? Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, was this last Darth Maul that that comic? No, of course not. Like so, you know. So it's, much, much like you were saying, Rob. It's like I, I can understand that your four star guy. It's it's something that you just the five. It's unattainable. Like do do you Tim? Do you see that with your with the comics and the, all the polls? Like do you you see a lot of these yeah. reviews? Yeah, it's it's funny too because you have such varying reviews. Sometimes it's a one star on one site and it's a five star on another site, and yeah. it comes down to that personal opinion and it's very subjective. But I always like the reviews that have more of a tendency to pull positive things out rather than focus in on the negative yep. things. Yep. And I think for me, that's what a good review is about. It's like let's pick and pull some of the really positive things out. Yeah, there's going to be little things in the background that you don't particularly like or you don't think service the story very well. But it's it's cool to highlight, and I think it's good to highlight what is good about a comic, good about a movie. And yeah, we all do movie reviews and comic reviews and all these type of things. And of course, we're going to pick out the things that maybe bother us a bit more about the writing or how it was presented on the screen. Mm-hmm. But we always have to, and I think as a community, always have to focus in on the really positive things when you're looking at something that maybe isn't so favored generally, I guess. Oh, well, good. Yeah, so, do you, uh, so what do you think of DC, Tim? If you listen to my podcast, <laughs> I'm just you know, sorry, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I was just throwing you under the bus there. <laughs> I, I'm not so favorable to their cinematic universe. That's I will right. say that. That's awesome. Per- well, well said. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. That's just that's a little Commonwealth joke. Check out the room, nerd there. room for more behind on that. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just just go around the horn one more time. Uh, Rob X. What, tell us some more about your podcast and what you got going on, uh, even your what you have going on with your quest for the 501st, and explain to everybody what's going on there. Well, first of all, we'll start with the Generation X-Wing podcast. Uh, we've been a, had a little bit of trouble getting some episodes up because of uh, report card season and everything. So me and Neil are both teachers, and so it's been tough to catch up with that. But we'll be getting a new episode hopefully out soon. Um, but uh, if you ever want to check that out, we don't just talk Star Wars. We talk about other things like retro stuff, 80s and 90s. Andy's love. Uh, we've got some good ideas for coming up here. We're going to talk about uh, adult cartoons, not Fritz the Cat adult, excuse me, no. but more kind of like your South Park, your <laughs> undergrads, all that sort of stuff. We want to do kind of a look back at Adult Swim and such. And um, also, uh, personally, I am involved in this uh, podcast slash video called The Outer Rim Rookie, where I am is my quest to become a 501st member of the Outer Rim Garrison of BC. And uh, I, with the help of Terry Chu uh, my, and my co-host uh, on Generation X-Wing, uh, Pale writer and a whole bunch of other people of the 501st uh, garrison um we they're trying to help me get my armor together build my armor and uh get ready for canada day july the first it is a massive massive feat but uh we're just documenting how to do it and hopefully other people will learn how to do it because this is intimidating process and what no, most people don't know is 
besides the fact that putting armor together is a pain that took us for a lot of people who do not know how to build things like myself, it's intimidating because it's uh, the five first is seen for a lot of people as a exclusive group, and it really is not. I mean, the Outerim Garrison, everybody has been chipping in. People have been donating things to me. People have been happy guiding me. Go here, go there, go here, and it's been extremely welcoming. And when you have guys like Terry Chu and Pale Rider, uh, Jamie, just really helping out along the process, I feel very fortunate because I'm probably if without them, I'd sew my thumbs to my own thumbs if it wasn't for them. <laughs> yeah, that's what so I, I they've really, been very helpful. And uh, a new video. Sorry, you just got out there for a second, but I, I really enjoy, like you said, like you're going in like. If somebody like myself wanted to do a build, I would be just like in your shoes there, Rob. I would have yeah. no idea. I can't, I mean, I can't sew anything together. I would have no idea where to start. So watching you do it is really, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's, 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 what a fantastic idea. Sorry, the so video I, podcast may not be for everybody, may be lost in some people, but understand that the technical stuff for me is also very, very tough. And it's, Terry really does explain it in a really interesting way. And he's been on our show so many times right. and he just, he's so talented and uh, and knowledgeable so it's where it's uh, it is a lot of fun and eventually when I actually get into the sewing and building we're probably gonna see me sewing my thumbs together nice <laughs> okay awesome um Tim the nerd room or anything else you're involved with you want to make mention of it or <laughs> yeah, for sure. We uh, we do a weekly podcast every Thursday. It's called The Nerd Room. We talk a lot about comics. We go into quite a bit of depth there. A lot of movies, a lot of Star Wars. We also do a Star Wars Rebels after show that drops every Monday. And we're also kind of heavily invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Universe to a somewhat lesser extent. Uh, we're doing a big retrospective series right now looking back at all the uh, – Marvel Cinematic movies building into Avengers Infinity War. So it's about 16-month retrospective. Love that retrospective. Yeah, it's Once awesome. a month. Our Incredible Hulk is dropping on Tuesday. Um, so we're really loving that. And we always try to bring a special spin of Star Wars to the podcast because that's – Troy and I are the, the other host on The Nerd Room is – that's a big passion of ours. And we're also big collectors. So we do focus in on quite heavily from time to time uh, the collection, Star Wars collecting, whether it's the Black Series or posters or anything to that extent, Lego – uh, we do love talking about that. We just had a big uh, New York Toy Fair kind of rundown of what we're looking forward to, what dropped. And I don't know about you guys, but this 40th anniversary vintage card back six inch black series, man, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to be something that's going to, it's, it's, it's one of those years. It. What What's that? I can't afford any of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Death Star Trooper. That's it. Oh, Nice. Yeah. Well, also, I have to say to, to Rob X here, um, just your, your editor and rookie stuff, I'm loving it because you see the 501st at events, at parades and all that. And as a fan, I have somewhat of an appreciation for the work that goes into it. But watching your videos and what you're going through and that, it's the, the layers of complexity to it. I'm just blown away. And I'm so looking forward to getting into a bit more depth with you there because I, it's a ride I've never been on. And because I've seen them so many times, I just I don't ever felt like after watching your last few videos, that I've had that full appreciation for the work that actually goes into these these uniforms. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, awesome, awesome shows, guys. And and again, like it just it's, I think with this with the Commonwealth Network, it's just every show has its own little corner, and it's it's all the pieces are just fitting together perfectly. Like it's anything you're into, you go to this network and you'll you'll find it. You know I mean, all right, I'm gonna wrap things up. But uh, what, before I could do that, myself, 
I, I have a weekly show. I'm on the Roman Podcast, and that is not a Star Wars show, but is uh, if it's kind of one of those, you know, if you're in the mood for a chuckle for about half an hour, 40 minutes, it's just once a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if, like, hey, if if we all kind of need to tune out and laugh for a little bit, so if anybody interested in checking that out, um, it's lots of fun. It, it, it is fun. It's it is fun, and it's 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 something uh, Roman and I love putting together, and it, it's we like to have a good time. It's one of those, especially around Toronto here, we got a lot of commuting, and people can just hop in their car every Thursday morning or Wednesday night and just oh oh there's that show okay you mean hopefully make it a little more tolerable for them. So, um, but I would be remiss if I didn't say um, James and Rob Rob Phillips, thank you so much. You guys have been awesome. Yay. Yeah, thanks, guys. No, uh, thanks, guys, for having us. My pleasure. Total, just an honor. Thank you so much for the invite. And uh, thanks, thanks. Uh, I've got a big shout to uh, all the Generation X Wing guys, Robin and Neil and Pale Rider. And they're just the, they're probably the, probably the coolest um, pop culture sci fi uh, dudes that I think I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's just like, well, we met at Force like Friday. Talking to them and stuff. Nah, he's- it's He's not getting away with that. It's almost like uh, being in my very own Discovery Channel show, you know. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> they're just they're just really cool individuals, and they love what they're doing. And I remember the first day I met them was at the Force uh, Force Friday at Toys R Us in Quitlam before uh, Force Awakens, and uh, we just gelled really well. <laughs> they're just good dudes. And, so, you know, one of the days here, me, myself, and the guys there, we got to go to Stormcrow Tavern, I think, and, and have a couple of beers. Nice. Excellent, yes. and uh, and Rob Phillips, on your end, you're joining us all the way from Scotland this evening. You just you're you're stuck on this show with four Canadians, and uh, thank you for putting up with us. No, it's uh, there's a lot less hockey talk than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, we stay uh, away from that. It's nice you guys get to meet your fans and everything. The talk Star Wars guys uh, don't let us near them. There's uh, restraining orders against most of us. Well, you're yeah. you're with you. You can drive to their house, so yeah, they. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, them are naked anyways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stephen. Yes. Yeah, th- thank God they just put out podcasts, man. I don't think there's a ten foot pole. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're, we're we're Canadian. It's a little chilly to be running around naked all the time. Like, <laughs> well, I'm Scottish, so I know this score. It's yeah. uh, yeah, but like uh, it cold. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, um, Rob X, uh, Tim and uh james and rob phillips thank you so much this has been an awesome episode three thank you rob oh thank yeah, you thanks rob thank nice you guys. thank you guys for coming nice. and and thanks to uh talk scar wars for throwing us on their on their network let me play in their Mark sandbox who? once a month start. <laughs> talk Mark star wars. <laughs> rob wait who <laughs> rob wait <laughs> yeah definitely thanks rob this is great it's like uh rob back said at the start it's nice to sit back and, and not be the host of a show and let someone else kind of coordinate everything and we appreciate the work that you throw into this because we know it's a lot well you, you know uh, you know and truth be told this was me trying to be like me being a fan of the network and then talking with rob wade and and mark offline and saying oh i i think i got an idea and i wiggled my way into their sandbox and now i get to do this thing once a month and and i every month now i get to talk with you guys and different hosts from around i'm really really spoiled and it's a good time and now it turns out i'm gonna be in celebration in april meeting some of these people face to face hopefully they get a chance to meet parallel Pearl rider when i'm out there yes if there's a, a meetup or something like that, you'll have to get, pass along our information so we can. I gotta get that guy on social media. It's driving me nuts. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We, even uh, even emails or something. I'm sure if we get all that stuff, we can. We'll figure it out. So yeah. But anyway, 
Uh, that's going to be it for episode three of the TSW Roundtable. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will see you next month. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.